Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside from just outside of New York City from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Andrew Gunling, J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? There's a super moon tonight, Andrew. Yeah. And above and to the right, you can see Saturn quite clearly. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I saw the, the super moon. It's, yeah, it's pretty pretty impressive. After this podcast, I'm going to go up in the room on the roof uh, of our building, and I'm going to stare at it for a little bit. Kind of just. Can you do that in in Brooklyn? I mean, I would think that like the light pollution would make it so it's not really. You you can't really see the sky. No, the the nighttime sky in New York City. Even where I live, I'm like you know, a little bit north. It's it's hard for me to see it. Well, um, why are you slagging off my neighborhood? Right away, no. having a go. Uh, first of all, there's a different that's slagging off your neighborhood. So I, yeah. I'm criticizing like Brooklyn pollution. because because there, because oh, I'm, you know what? Apologies, Brooklyn. I didn't realize that the astronomers of Brooklyn uh, dude, would be hurt by is, that. And that's why. And that's why. And that's why. Be, that's why you staying off social media hurts your knowledge in your brain tank, because a video that went viral was of a guy who is up and down Ninth Street. Uh, which is a street I live on. And it went viral the other day. He was literally in the middle of the road with his telescope showing people Saturn because it's obviously visible for at this time of year uh, for or just is there and you can see it and you can see it from Brooklyn and he's on the street. So the light you, you Brooklyn nights, you, you got to have everything, don't you? It's not, an, oh, we got the best pizza in Brooklyn. Oh, we got bars on every corner. Oh, we're just a quick subway ride into Manhattan. Well, at least, I mean, but you can't see Saturn. Hey, whoa, we can see Saturn. You got to have everything. Don't try and take the celestial orbs away from us. Just don't do it. Um, oh, no, I honestly, um, I love this place. I love, I don't want to live anywhere else. Anywhere else. I got, like, between me and 
just like just a few blocks away is the site of the Battle of Brooklyn. I'm walking around, Andrew, these days. I'm really into the Battle of Brooklyn, by the way. Just mm. kind of just 400 men from Maryland that died uh, slaughtered by the Brits in the war of uh, the Revolutionary War. So um, this neighborhood is like steeped in history and park is just beside us. And there's some days, particularly if it's it's snowing and you go into the park and you wouldn't know you're in New York. Um, no, nah, we're very lucky to live here. I ab absolutely adore it. And yes, we have access to the celestial orbs. Uh, oh man, what a what a fun pod we have coming up for you here. Um, gonna do a little bit of uh, well, we'll see. Actually, I guess I can't really. I guess I don't really know what we're gonna be doing on this pod tonight. You know why that is? Because we're gonna be spinning the wheel on this podcast tonight. That's right. We're bringing back the wheel of football, and and we all know that. On a wheel of football pod, that's there's an element of randomness that I, I can't really tell you what's what's coming here. It's whatever well, the wheel I, tells us. I I have to say though, and you know, I don't like dragging you in public. No, no. that's wrong. I do like dragging you in public. Why haven't you got the intro? Like I don't. I can't answer that. I don't know. When I when we left ESPN, I thought I took everything. I I guess something was left behind. It's just sitting there. The Wheel of Football intro is sitting there in a closet, alone, cold, and scared. And and you haven't done anything to rescue it. Not yet. No, no. What if it's what if it's stolen by someone? We'll it's careless. It. Once again, you're careless. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that happened. Hopefully, people can get past that though. So we have the wheel, uh, and for again for the for the uninitiated, for the newcomers to the pod, um, the wheel is it's like a wheel. Picture a wheel of fortune wheel picture you know pat sajak except instead yeah. of instead of monetary value uh, our wheel is filled with a, a variety of different soccer topics and so we'll spin it whatever it lands on is what we'll we'll go in on and that's really all i can tell you so what do you say should we should we start should we give it the first i'm excited i'm excited uh it's it's one of our best devices to do news quickly <laughs> <laughs> all right well here let's go let's give it a first spin here we go Ah, oh, the people, the people will like this. That's right. Carabao craziness. It's back. The Carabao Ugh. Cup second round action of our of your favorite tournament. I don't, you've fluctuated over the years between this tournament being useless to it being more important than the FA Cup. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I can't keep up with you with how I you like feel it. about this. It's neat. It's compact. Uh, it's still very important for for uh, clubs further down in the football league pyramid. Uh, I mean, as I'll, we know, I'll be honest. I, I it doesn't it doesn't bother me that it exists. Like it's fine. You know, I, I like it. I pay attention to it. I want my team to go on a run in it, which we'll talk about. I'm sure. However, just, just despite the fact that I like that it exists, I don't know why it exists. I don't know why there needs to be another domestic tournament in addition to the FA Cup. I don't I don't quite get it. I I I think I think once upon a time I agreed with you, but now I actually think that it is bad for football. And when I say football, top flight football it is bad for the premiership uh, the premiership, the Premier League to be further cut adrift from ordinary football and from the football league pyramid and you would do that if you got rid of this competition. I think it's important that uh, the smaller clubs can have the bigger clubs visit them, uh, cause upsets, 
uh, supporters access to the bigger sides to be able to see them, all those things, revenue, the whole thing. But I was with you maybe a few years ago when I was like, why are we doing this? Um, but now I'm not. I, I, I think we can't, we already have a super league in the premier league that's accepted. Um, and I think any, like a removal of this competition maybe, maybe can make sense to some people and it may not be missed, but I think, I think anything that uh, removes the anchor of the premier league from real football, even further is a bad idea. Well, let's talk about some of this real football that has gone on. Um, yes. I guess we'll, we'll start with, uh, one that is that I guess by your definition is not real football was two super league uh clubs squaring up against one another, Fulham knocking Tottenham in the midst of this era of good feelings for Spurs. Spurs knocked right on out of there in the second round of the Carabao Cup, gone. Bang, like they were never even there. And JJ, it's almost it was almost like a premonition on the last on the last podcast just a couple of days ago when I said that this is great. Like the love is flowing. However, there's going to be bumpy days ahead, and I'm I'm interested to see how it will be handled. <laughs> well, it was not handled well. I mean, I sent you. I should go back and find it, but my timeline when that game when Tottenham Fulham ended, oh my god, my Twitter timeline was just one hate tweet after another uh, from like reputable from not just like crazy fans like. Uh, who are some of the ones I have here? Uh, James Maw, who covers them for the athletic. How is Davinson Sanchez taking the third penalty in a shootout? Uh, talking THFC. If you're serious, this is all caps. If you're serious about wanting to win a trophy, start your strongest team. Um, Dan uh, Yidvids, a guy who makes a lot of like great Tottenham uh, content on YouTube and stuff. He writes, maybe Big Ange doesn't get it after all. Another shameful night for this club to go with all the others. <laughs> Oh my God. Whoa. Now look, I was mad too. And I should say that I was mad about the same thing. Like I, I just, I look at Tottenham um, and I, I look at this season. I think about their desire for a trophy. Like if you were ranking clubs in the Premier league in terms of like, like from one to 20 of who, who in this league wants a trophy the most, they're probably number one on the list. I really think they're not they're number one. It's a thing. Like the fact that they haven't won one in this era, it's a joke. It's a thing. Like this this competition should not be taken lightly by them. So making nine changes to your starting eleven, I mean, in a season where you don't have European football to worry about, there's not going to be a whole lot of midweek action going on for Tottenham this season. You've got an international break right around the corner. So if your guys are tired, it's right there. Like you can almost touch it. They didn't have really an inter- like a, a an international summer. Like there was no major tournament this summer where guys would still kind of be coming down. Like it did. We're early in the season. Like I don't think bodies are are really gassed yet. And like I don't know that this needed to happen where that many changes were made to the eleven. And I especially don't know that it needed to happen for a club that really is in a position right now. Like. Look, top four would be great. I know people are starting to dream about it for Spurs, but I still don't think that that's necessarily realistic for them this season. So, like, it's like, what are you saving them? Like, take these competitions seriously. Going on a deep cup run, maybe winning a trophy. Like, if you do that and finish sixth, I think people will be very happy with the direction of the club. Like, I, I think they're the wrong club to not be taking these competitions as seriously as possible. Um. 
Yeah, and it wasn't just supporters, Andrew. It was like the media, like Matt Barlow in the in the Mail Online. Ange Postacoglu has made a strong start at Spurs with Carbo Cup exit, his first slight misstep. But it won't cause a concern if Tottenham return to the Champions League. Like, like that was the general tenor of things. Can I, can I ask you, though, am I wrong to think that a team with uh, Ben Davies, Davinson Sanchez, Hoiberg, Perisic, Richarlison up front, and Lacelso in the side isn't and is playing Fulham. That they can win that. Well, of course they North- can, but but you're wrong in thinking that that's like oh well they'll be fine. Like I don't, when I saw that lineup, that Davinson Sanchez, yeah, come on. I mean Hoiberg, they can't wait for him to go. Like I think Hoiberg is, isn't bad, but like. The whole day leading up to that game, it was like, well, he's off to United. Oh, he's playing for Tottenham? Huh? Like, Ben Davies is, he's good. You know, I like Ben Davies. He's serviceable, yeah. but like, right. he Not could, a starter. but he could play for Fulham too. Like, he's like probably of that similar caliber. Like, yeah, Tottenham, I, I might have, and Richarlison, I know he scored the goal, but like, what's, hmm. what's he done? Um, So, yeah, like that Tottenham team is fine, but, Look, Tottenham drew with Brentford just a few weeks ago. So and that Tottenham's first team drew with Brentford. So it's not such a reach for me to say that Tottenham's second team could draw or lose to Fulham on the road in Craven Cottage in a cut. Like that that can happen. That could that could and it did happen. Um so yeah, I think that they yeah, I don't know. But there's 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 no danger. Like this will be forgotten about soon enough, right, Andrew? Like yeah, well, it will because it happened so early in the season. Like, we'll be in yeah. November and this will be forgotten. Um, yeah. And um, maybe, look, I'd rather, w- if if I just said before, I don't know why this competition exists. So if, like, if this is a, lear- a learning moment for Ange where he sees the anger, he understands the fans want a trophy and want him to go for it, maybe the FA Cup is handled differently now. You know, maybe that this is, maybe that's the, the silver lining to come from this. I have no idea. Um, but I, I was, you know, this, you were disappointed. I was disappointed. It, was, it wasn't yeah. crushing. Like it wasn't like a, a, was it a day ruiner? I don't know about that, but going out in the second, I would have liked to have seen them go a little, a little deeper, uh, in this competition. It was a, right. It's a disappointment. Um, yeah. on the Fulham side, it's a great, great result for Fulham. Um, you know, they played fine. Like their goal that they scored came kind of on Tottenham errors. Davidson Sanchez's defending was erratic. He was turned around. It felt like three different times on one passage of play. And then because of that, a ball's played in, it deflects off Mickey Vandeven. It's a, and it's a kind of a fluky own goal. Um, so in, I guess as a, in, in fairness to Tottenham, the, the only goal that they did concede was sort of a weird one, but again, yes. Davidson Sanchez helped it along with some bad defending. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's it's not a disaster. It doesn't necessarily change the way I feel about where the club is headed. But just from a just from the pure standpoint of wanting to see them win a trophy, to watch them go out in the second round, that's a, without playing their best side. That feels it, it leaves you feeling a little bit empty. Help, help me out here. So um, so, so let's think of 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 Ange and Tottenham supporters uh, as people, two people in a relationship early on. Where oh my god, do they like each other? Oh my God, do they have so much in common? Oh my God, do they both get it? They get each other, right? Sure. This is like the first tiff, the first little fight, first little falling out. 
it happens in every relationship. Now, on the scale of fallings out, it's definitely not sitting down to dinner and discovering that that person is like some kind of like has weirdo wacko political views like real bad stuff or is a racist it, oh. it's definitely it's definitely not that it's no. not that kind it's not that kind of oh a, my oh, god it's not that kind of a, oh no it's definitely not that is it like what is it <laughs> like if 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 this was a row between two two people who are madly in love what 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 is the row um I mean, could it be, you know, maybe she's mad at him because he borrowed her car and backed it into like the mailbox and now the bu- the bumpers scuffed a little and she doesn't, he doesn't seem as put off by it as she would like him to be. Yeah. Maybe like he's, yeah. uh, he's saying to her, ah, it's just the bumper. Don't worry. Well, hang on. That's my car you were using. And I'd like you to be a little more respectful about this and, and let's handle it. You know, so maybe there's a, a little one. maybe there's a little bit of tension for the rest of that's, the night. That's good. I like that because it's 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 just a little bit of carelessness, and you're a little concerned that it might kind of because there's not quite the right level of contrition along with it. So that kind of adds a little bit of, of extra Perfect. tension to it. Perfect. Yeah. So and, basically, Ange just took a, a, the car and and bumped the mailbox. Uh, brief, briefly, uh, the I can just tell you the worst the lines that were uttered when i was really into someone um it it sticks with me forever basically it was the melting it was basically and and people will understand uh this reference straight away we won't need to go any further with it but it's 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 one of those where you're like oh this is done straight away and i and, and everything about you was so perfect up until this but this one means it's done uh, the person that I was really into started talking about uh, what temperature jet fuel would need to be to bend structural steel. Oh, God. Yep. And my heart sank. Just sank. That was it. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was. It's a tough one to come back from. Yeah. A buddy of mine on a first date, so not quite to that level, but no. politics just cannot. Now, now that's a good question, actually. Is it a good thing for politics to come up straight away on the first date? So you can just so like rather than getting further down the road and then finding out something that is a deal breaker, is it best to just get that all out in the open straight away? And then we know we can move on one way or another, because it happened I, with I, a friend of mine that had to do with. Had to do with who I, I won't say whom voted for whom, but that came up somehow, and it it ended things in in a spectacular fireball of of hate and vitriol. I think I think it's good to know early on, like the, okay. the like, and it's and it's not the difference. It's not like you know. Well, I'm not sure if they really understand. You know, like certain minutiae of of economics i'm not that bad like i'm not you know if someone says right, you know, right. i'm kind of fiscally conservative i'm not gonna well and and walk out I we're mean, through where yeah. it's over it i'm taught like <laughs> or did you think that you know that supreme court judge in in the mid 1980s was pretty good you know like or iran contra i'm not talking i'm talking like the the hardcore way out stuff where you're like oh no 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 right Bad. yeah 
Um, look, yeah. look where the look where the wheel has taken us. What a the uh, wheel, the wheel is, the wheel is great. Okay, you know, I speaking, mention- of, I, I should mention actually while you're talking about this that now that you bring up the Iran Contra, I don't know. I, I saw one of the animals uh, after my after our conversation about Messi, and I used I actually used the term trickle down in terms of what his impact might be through American soccer, and someone someone labeled me old Ronald Reagan Andy. We haven't had that one. No, that's a we new haven't. that's a new one. That's yeah, a new nickname, Mister Bear Halter. Well, 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 well. That's the only, yeah, that's the only thing I can. Oh, that's the only thing I can say in his voice. Well, well, I can't. Yeah. I can't do him either. I used to do a good Clinton. I I haven't tried him forever. Mean, used I, to you, is that something I you did lose? it on this podcast. Um, what was it? I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I don't it's know. Not that, bad. I don't know that it's as good as you think it is. It sounds like an impression of an impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right, and I anyway, think it might be. Where were we? Uh, back, real quick, back to Fulham. It was also brought to my attention, JJ, and I saw this, but uh, in the penalty shootout, if you were to look up the dictionary definition of complete and total opposite of Panenka, you'd get Harry Wilson's penalty that he took in this shootout. No, now that penalty is not without risk itself because I do think people who are not confident. Um, you know, you know, some people say, oh, just blast it. I'm like, definitely don't do that. <laughs> Blasting it is, you have to have a, to blast it with control is a skill. And what he does there is just amazing. And he also comes, comes back down off the back of the crossbar too. There's a lot of, there's a lot of little stuff that got me turned on. I have to say about that penalty, sure. but, um, well, you know, that's a risky, risky strategy too. One of it is, however, that- if, if, but it's the kind of penalty where, JJ, if Fraser Forrester, who was in goal that day for Tottenham, if he was nine feet tall with a wingspan of 14 feet, he's still not saving it. No, like it's, it's, it. it's the most unsavable penalty you can have. It doesn't, he, he could have almost been standing there in Harry Wilson could have said there, no, move over a little more, a little more. Yeah, there, stop. That's where I'm going to kick it. And he's still, I don't think he can save it anyway. No, I totally agree with you. There's, it's not been saved. Forget about it. Yeah. Absolutely forget about it. One more thing on Fulham. Uh, Florin Bettenberg, who is the uh, German football reporter, Jao uh, Paulinha, he wants to join FC Bern. Clubs are working on a solution. Personal terms, not an issue. 28-year-old is waiting for an agreement between the clubs. Silva wants to keep him, uh, but understands that Paulinha is not unsaleable. He is ready for the next step. I mean, that's the kind of thing that could absolutely torpedo Fulham season. Oh, it completely. would kill them. He's so important to them. Yeah, and put them in a relegation battle. But he's 28, and he would fit right into that um, FC Hollywood team. So, a little bit of a now or never moment. If he I, if I he would, wants I, if he wants to go to a club like that, at 28, he's got to go. So, yeah. there we go. Well, we'll see how that plays out. Oh, that would just. Oh, that could be a hammer blow to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But props to them. They're uh, onward and upward for Fulham as Tottenham go out. Um, Everton, JJ, there were some moments. There were some moments earlier today as that was transpiring where I, I thought, oh, no, 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 no. This, where is the floor here? How low can morale get? Now they said they salvaged it. They found a way there. And I think they salvaged it in, in the exact fashion that they would have wanted, where their brand new signing scores on his debut, which is a, an immediate moment of, oh, yes. Okay, we're back in it. And, and that it was guy a good did finish. It. it was a very good finish. Um, you know, it's the exact, like they need a savior. And so, like him scoring in that way, it can, 
make it, it can make them think, okay, maybe, maybe. And then their other signing, Dan Juma, uh, to get the winner in the 88th, you know, that it went from a, a harrowing experience to, okay, we, we're moving on. And I like the way that it happened. We can all breathe, at least for now, in terms of our, in terms of this competition. Um, the goal that I have to give Donnie a bit of credit, Lancaster, because the goal they scored was 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 decent. It was a good cross in to the box, but Jordan Pickford, Andrew, if you watch the replay, where where he ends up, it's it's mad. He's almost outside of his right hand post, and the header is like into an empty net beyond him. Wild, absolutely wild, just erratic. Um, like he's got to, he's got to think that there's a chance someone gets on that cross because it was a very good cross. Why would he think it's going to miss all those players? I, I, I just, I can't get my head around it. Um, the Beto's goal was was the bright spot, and the roar when Dan Juma scored from the away Everton fans was was huge. It, it is, there is something humbling about going to Doncaster Rovers and celebrating so hard a late victory like that. Um, our friend Ped uh, from Toffee TV, we should have him on again. Although I, I have to say there is, we don't, we've only had an Everton in the club once when Everton were going well. That was 19, that was 20, 21 season. <laughs> Sorry. That was the 2021 season where they were like second. Liverpool were top. Everton were second. It was like Christmas under Ancelotti. That's the last. That's the, otherwise it's when Everton are absolutely falling apart. So maybe we should give them a break in terms yeah, of who the, is it? Like Greg O'Keefe. Greg O'Keefe. We've we had, had on like a, we've had him on like 15 times during various moments of <laughs> crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should give them a break. But um, look, they they survived. They got through. I guess something to be said for that absolutely and like i said beto scoring all the better hey um, andrew the pressure on him oh boy yeah oh by the way like hey welcome aboard by the way save us <laughs> uh, can you score all the goals please <laughs> um chelsea oh oh my gosh narrowly getting past afc wimbledon and i thought of you on um wimbledon's first goal the, the penalty because it's the it's the penalty that I think you've been craving to see called, as Sanchez comes out reckless, just <laughs> clatters into the Wimbledon attacker and referee right there points at the spot. You're not getting away with it on my watch. No, it it seems as if, and I kind of I didn't predict it. I kind of felt it might happen after the uproar over the Onana clearing out of um, Ladzic. I thought I thought the rest now. Especially after what the PGMOL said, refs now are going to um, they're, they're just going to have to to enforce the rules. Yeah, it's just, and it's good to see because they, it is dangerous. It is really, really dangerous. We saw it in preseason with Paul Mullen, um, in playing in America against Manchester United for Wrexham. It's 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 dangerous to just be coming flying out and uh, and and cleaning out players like that. Um, so Chelsea, Chelsea. Once upon a time, Chelsea narrowly getting past Wimbledon was not a crazy, not a crazy thing at all. Well, and, we're, uh, we're not in that time anymore. We are not. Wimbledon are, this isn't even the original Wimbledon. It's, uh, I suppose, well, it kind of is. It's 
it's more 2002 recreation right wasn't that it is but i but i think think like a a lot of cultural artifacts if i understand correctly that went with mk dons to milton Keynes have been handed back to afc wimbledon so like i think like maybe the this is the closest to the 1988 FA Cup winners as we've had. And that was the original Wimbledon. So anyway, um, yeah, I didn't see this one, Andrew. Um, good good for Chelsea, I guess. Uh, what, what took my interest, um, and I hope I'm not jumping the gun here, oh, is the no. Cole Palmer transfer to, to Chelsea. Well, actually, you are jumping the gun. I didn't think you were going to. I mean, there, you there are. Talk about... Well, there's there are other things on the wheel that could. Oh. That could, in fact, be that. So let's. Well, just we see. don't know because the wheel is mystical. So let's just see. All right. Okay. So so this might come up again. It's possible. It's There's possible. no way of knowing. All there right. Could, well, could be no way of knowing. That's all I have to say about that until I, later. I thought you were going to bring up um, the, the big surprise of the day, and that was um, Sheffield United losing to Lincoln City on penalties after a kind of a, a, a drab nil nil. Um, but yeah, that's 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 not a great look for Sheffield United. No, not great, and 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 their supporters will be peeved. Uh, you know what? I take that back. I do think that there has been a, a switch. There, w- there would have been a time where Sheffield United would be annoyed. Now they'll still be annoyed, but like staying up with Sheffield United's their whole thing, and I think their supporters, their their supporters, will definitely view this as. Okay, well, that's one thing out of the way. A little bit of breathing space. Um, I actually yeah, don't. Yeah, but think but be that. not like but not like this to a league no. to a league one side. No, look, there's there's no good way to lose a game. Like losing games is bad generally, and it still hurts. But um, I'm saying if they, if they had like Palace in round three, and it's like oh maybe we'll go on a cup run, but if we lose that, yeah, all right, well. That's okay. We'll focus on what's more important, but not not like this to a league one uh, side. I I, I wonder, without, without to, scoring a goal. I'd I, I'd love to gauge the Blades community right now. I think there'll be some of them are like, look, we we really want to stay up, really want to stay up. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's about all I got on on Carabao stuff. So I, I hope that I hope that satisfies whatever you were looking for. Should, should we spin again? You can uh, can you just do the Carabao no, noise one more time? It's yes. important. Are you happy? Thank you. All right, let's uh let's give it another spin here. See what see what comes up. Up, oh, Greg oh. and Geo. That's right. We should, we should say that this is um now I know him slightly from from interactions on Twitter. But this is a Tom Clud piece in Vanity Fair that has got us all talking about Greg and Geo again. Yeah, no Chatham now, House rule there. Um, when I think of Vanity Fair, I think of you know the late great Christopher Hitchens, contributing editor. I, I would have loved him to have interviewed Greg Berhalter. That would have been amazing. Um, but yeah, no Tom. Tom does does a good job here and uh, and get some interesting things. And basically, yeah. the headline is Bearhalter has yet to speak with Gio Reyna. Yeah, Bearhalter to Vanity Fair. He says um, about this, it's not something where you just pick up the phone and say, hey, bud, uh, here's how it's going to be. 
there's work to be done. We both want the U.S. to win the World Cup and be very successful, and now it's figuring figuring out a way to cooperate to do that. That quote to me, like if you're asking me for my initial impression without really giving it a whole lot of thought, just sort of hearing that, my initial impression is old Triple G is not prepared at this point to be the bigger man here. <laughs> like oftentimes that's sort of what you expect from the coach. Like he's the adult in the room. When there's a, when there's a disagreement of some sort, like he has to sometimes be the bigger man. I don't think I think that the, for lack of a better term, I think the hate here is a little too raw. I don't know that everything has scabbed over yet. I think, you know, there's there's probably some still really bad feelings on both sides. I mean, think of what this disagreement was like. Something that started out as a disagreement over playing time spiraled into having to Greg Berhalter having to dig up memories of a domestic violence incident from 1992, like, and, and talk about it nearly loses career over it. Um, you know, that's, that's the stuff here. Like that stuff doesn't go away right away. So when I see Greg use words, like, you know, we have to figure out a way to cooperate. You see him talk about reaching out and with, and consulting with different mediators to make sure they do this the right way. Like, I think he, He's probably still furious. The Reynas obviously still hate his guts. Like, you know, at first I was kind of, when I saw that he hadn't spoken to him yet, my right away I was kind of like, oh, what, well, what's he waiting for? I mean, come on. But then I kind of thought more about it. I was like, they all hate each other. This, this and, and Gio Reyna's not going anywhere. U.S. soccer made the decision to bring back Bear Halter. So if you're going to do this, then it probably does need to be done right. And so if they're taking a little extra time here to make sure that, like, cooler heads have had a chance to prevail which maybe we're not there yet um then you know then so be it then i i can i can get on board with that so um tom writes uh, the reunion may have to wait for the october international break when the u.s is, sch- is scheduled to play germany and ghana bearholder told me he intends to meet with reina before his next call up whenever it comes saying it remains a quote priority now i'll bet it does it better yeah i mean it's a priority, though, it's getting done already, but for the reasons that you said. Um, now, Tom uh, expounds a bit here and then asks Greg Bearhalter a good question, I think. I wondered if there might be a simpler explanation for their lack of communication, specifically the innate impulse that steers most of us away from awkward and unpleasant interactions. Bearhalter dismissed that. Quote, it's just being deliberate and strategic, he said. When I asked if he would be able to reconcile with Claudio and Danielle Reyna, Bearhalter looked anguished as he considered the question for several seconds. Quote, I don't think that's a subject I'm comfortable talking about, he said. So I think Tom's got to the nub of it there. It's still still, too raw. It's still too raw. And you can say you're being deliberate and strategic all you want. and, um, And you can talk about it being a priority. Anything that's a priority, you do as soon as you possibly can. And certainly... Uh, you do it ahead of of the international raw, like you you do it ahead of the the, up, the forthcoming games. So it's it is, I think, uh, it's a case of 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 exactly what you said. This is a unprecedented situation with a lot of hurt going back decades, betrayal, um, and 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 bearholders going to do it his way. So, um. If he's not ready to do it, he's not ready to do it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's not necessarily a rush. Like, Rain is not in the squad. But whatever way he does it, 
whatever way he does it. Uh, we we just see how important Reyna is as a we don't have players like him. Do not yeah. have them. Um with his specific skill set. So think whatever rapprochement has to happen, um, it needs to happen uh you know, it it needs to be happening and it, and it, to, and it, it will. It and will it needs to it needs to be put to bed, like for once and for all. Whatever goes on with, with the parents, with Bear Halter and Raina's parents, that I I don't think there's any healing that. I, I like No, no, I actually, it's done. That's, that's that relationship is is beyond repair. It, it's it's yeah, you're and by the way, so right. I think Bearhalter and Geo's is as well. I, oh, just I think, think so too, but, but because they they're gonna have to, have to because they're gonna have to work together in the one of in maybe the most important World Cup in US history that's on the horizon. By the way, we got a Copa America next summer in this country that's gonna be I think hugely important and followed as well. Um, they they're gonna have to figure out some sort of arrangement here, and that's why if he's talking about me, consulting with mediators and doing this strategically, yeah, okay, like probably not a bad idea, um, because you you don't want to f this up. No, you don't. Um, and, and there's there's the the issue that Bearhalter, and I hope this doesn't doesn't turn out to be the case. Bearhalter may not have to worry about Reina very much. Uh, can't get this injury kind of record sorted and get and 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 really get back playing regular minutes. It's it, it'll be tough to justify him in a squad. Yeah, well, I think it was. Um, I think Kyle Bond tweeted earlier tonight because I, I think we were all under the impression that Reyna was dealing with a uh, a calf injury from uh, the back. Well, he in the was, Nations but that League. was two weeks ago. Well, yeah, but I think Kyle Bond said that. Uh, I'm reading here his quote, uh, his his tweet. Um, he says, one note regarding Gio Reyna's injury. It has been widely reported that he suffered a calf injury this summer on USMNT Nations League duty. U.S. soccer has clarified to me that was, in fact, a leg fracture he suffered. They did not expand further. He's back in training with Borussia Dortmund. Um, so that sounds a lot more serious. Um, but the fact that he's back training is is obviously a good sign, but certainly not ready to to rejoin the U.S. at this point. Uh, for these upcoming friendlies. So we'll see. You know, I'd like it if they could just, like, I know he's consulting with with mediators and all that, and that's good. Like, I'm sure that they know more. I just wish that the two could get in a room and just sort of be, both be human about it and just say, look, here's the deal. We're never going to be, like, whatever whatever our families and I, whatever I was to you before, if I was Uncle Greg before, we, you and I both know that's over. It's never going to be like that again. Yeah. But But we both want the same thing here. And we have to respect one another. I respect you as a player. You're a tremendous player, and I need you. You know, by the same token, I'm the manager, and I'm not always going to make decisions that you like. You, it can't, it can't be where you where you throw a temper tantrum when that happens. Yeah, obviously, the mediators come in where he's got to find the right words. Can't say the things that I'm saying, like inflammatory language. He's got to get rid of all of that. Um, but like, if the two of them can just get to that place, which I think is that, I would hope is realistic. If that's not, then, then someone on one of these sides here needs, I'm not going to say grow up. That's not fair because this stuff is real, you know, serious stuff, but like somebody's cooler heads are going to have to prevail in some way to at least allow that kind of level of understanding. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if I succeed, you succeed kind of thing, you know, success for one of us is success for both of us. Kind of try and sell it that way. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, it's the story that just 
I mean, this story will not die. It's just how it every every time Reyna plays and gets subbed off, everyone's going to be still. Oh, is he going to high five Bearhalter? What are they? Are they going to look at each other? I mean, it's just just the nature of it. Now it is what it is. Um, the uh, U.S. squad uh, for these upcoming friendlies. Most of the big guns will be there. Obviously, there's some injuries, like we just said, Reyna, Tyler Adams, uh, a bunch of guys actually out injured right now. But you know, you'll you'll have your Polisics, Eunice Musa, Weston McKinney. Um, Bearhalter, he spoke about these matchups. It, he had a quote that kind of caught my attention. He said, Uzbekistan and Oman are types of teams we could face in the World Cup, so it's an important opportunity to gain that experience. I mean, this feels a little bit like you know, being peed on and told that it's raining. Uzbekistan yeah. and Oman. Like Oman is 73rd in FIFA's rankings. Uzbekistan is 74th. Granted, that's probably a little bit better than whatever I thought they were. But like at the last World Cup, Ghana was the lowest ranked team at 60th. Like, come, you're you're reaching a little bit if you're trying to tell me that you're playing World Cup caliber opposition here. That's come on now, Lucas. Um, it's a great opportunity to see some guys, right? That's what it is. Yeah. It's an opportunity to get a look at flavor of the month Drake calendar. It's an opportunity to get a look at. Christopher Lund, who's in um, with Palermo in Serie B, yeah, um, who's, who's used his one-time switch, yeah, to the US. It, it's it's a, it's a chance to, you know, another flavor of the month guy, a guy a guy that deserves it as well is Ben Cremashi, uh, Johnny Cardoso. <laughs> uh, Luke I Delatore. liked seeing I liked seeing Cade Cowell in the side, American Vinicius Darwin Nunez, as I call him. Yeah, and it, it's great to see Luca Della Torre, who's kind of like finished stronger with Celta Vigo towards the end of last season. Um, chance for uh, Malik Tillman to, well, kind of prove the doubters wrong who weren't exactly impressed with his time at Rangers. Um, and interesting, Cade Cowell is involved because Bearhalter saw something maybe in the summer from from Gold Cup and wanted to bring him in. And look, it's that's all it is. It's an opportunity to see some guys, give some guys a try, uh, give some new guys a try. And uh, and and nothing more than that. And it shouldn't be a requirement to talk up Oman and Uzbekistan, but I guess he's been he's been generous to them. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's spin the uh, the old wheel again here. Ooh, and it lands on the deadline approaches. That's right, JJ. The transfer deadline is what the wheel refers to. Um. Couple moves of note, I guess. Um, now that it's landed on this, that, that it gives us a chance to talk about. While we're just talking about the Americans a moment ago, uh, Fowler and Balogun, his time with Arsenal has finally come to an end. He was there as a youth player, um, never really broke through with the senior team. Obviously, no. went went on loan last uh, last season with an unbelievable success in Liga, and he's going to stay in Liga with Monaco, uh, thirty five million pounds. You like this move? Yeah, I think I do. Um, you know, he's going to stay in the league where he's comfortable, where he's kind of had his most successful spell, and he's going to be with a club that's not an insignificant sized club. They're 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 a famous club in France. They're well known in Europe. He stays, you know, he stays very relevant there. And I, you know, I think it's a good move. I th- he needs to be playing regularly, and it wasn't going to happen at Arsenal. Time to cut loose. Yeah, I mean, if he wasn't coming anywhere near the first team while well, Gabriel Jesus was out. Um, you know, 
he couldn't get past Enketia. When Enketia didn't start, uh, Landro Trossard moved into more of that spot. So, like, it was just – it was never going to happen there. I mean, the guy just scored 22 goals in league, uh, and couldn't sniff Arsenal's first team. So, for whatever reason, they just saw something in him that wasn't going to work there. So, he had to go. Um, and, yeah, I, I suppose I'm fine with this move as well. Um, Manchester City agree or appear – it appears like it's going to be happening. Manchester City – um, and Mateus Nunez of Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, this is, I saw this JJ and I, I don't like, I mean, obviously I don't like this for Wolves, the way that this whole thing has played out. I mean, they just, they just got this guy a year ago for 42 million. He's still got four years left on his contract. Mm-hmm. Like, so they're like, that's not, and he's going to get sold for around, what they say, 47, 50, somewhere around there. So, like, all that, he only just got there. He's got all those years left. There's, but they're not making really any kind of real profit on him. They could be in a relegation fight this season. So, to lose a player like him up against the end, the edge of the deadline is a tough blow. And, like, for the way that it happened, you know, to, to just, he stopped training, he refused to train move me now I'm done here like I get it Wolves was never the end game for him but uh, a club that you just got to with with four years and even an option right so possibly a fifth year to go on your contract and like to force a move in that kind of way where you just stop showing up look it's gonna it it got the job done for him I guess he knew I need to do this for this move to happen Um, but I don't know if you're Wolves that this leaves you feeling feeling not so good about the team and about maybe about him a little bit too. Yeah. Is, I mean, is this a consequence also, Andrew, of, I mean, uh, Nunez agency, it won't shock anyone is gesture food. And we, we know that's Jorge Mendes. And, we know the relationship he's had with Wolves down the years with supplying them with players and Wolves being almost a, a a way for players to come to the Premier League, get noticed, and then kind of move on. Some of them stay, some of them, but they often move on to, quote-unquote, bigger and better things, um, bigger clubs. And it just feels like, I don't know, if I'm a supporter of Wolves and I'm looking at that, I feel used. I do feel like, Am I just a staging post? So, so these players. Now, the other argument is, well, you know, they've small... they, it's allowed them to acquire a lot of players that never wolves never would have been on their radar. Correct, correct. But the same by the same token, uh, it feels I don't know. It 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 doesn't feel it doesn't feel good. I I wouldn't like that at all. And again, I wouldn't either. Wolves... But in in the end, it might be a strategy that has allowed them to. Rem- to not really have been in relegation fights, but they're in it now. They might we be. know they, they might be. And this, and this season, however well they played at Old Trafford and impressed everyone, they went then and got spanked by Brighton, and um, got a win against Everton. Fair enough, but they're not. They're not a team that's immune to the drop. And this, this is this does not help them at all. Yeah, this this could test them. Last year, it should be no surprise that this is happening. Last year, Pep referred to Mateus Nunez as um quote one of the best players in the world that's that's high praise especially from pep 
So he's this has been a guy clearly that has had his attention for some time. And like we always say about Manchester City, they don't go crazy in, in buying up everybody. But when they want someone, they get them. And it seems like this was a guy that that Pep in particular wanted. And, and they've gone out and they've done it. They've gotten him. Now, with this, um, to go into what you brought up earlier, on the same day, it appears that Cole Palmer of Manchester City is going to be heading to Chelsea, um, which I thought was interesting because there was a lot of, he's had a pretty pretty good month. Um, but if you look at it in your Manchester City, you think, okay, well, is there is there a realistic way into the first team for this guy right now? The answer to that is, I mean, injuries can dictate that a little bit, but right now they probably think not. he's not quite there yet. But he scored a couple goals recently. He's played well when he's been used. So they might think, okay, forty-five million. Oh my God! This may be, and and he's a he's a Man City product too. And so, like in terms of financial fair play stuff, those are the best guys to sell because that's entirely profit. Um, and so, on the same day that they buy a player for like forty-seven, forty-eight million, somewhere around there, they sell off Palmer for 45. So it's like they just spent 3 million on Mateus Nunez who Pep Guardiola has referred to as one of the best players in the world. It's once again they they just they always find a way to win. It feels like today was another big win for them. I like I wonder about like what 45 million is such an outlay from a club that can, I I don't get how they're doing this. I really don't. I um I think he, they can't possibly know. Like City know this player inside out. And if they're happy to let him go for that money, they're just going to go. Like there would be no chance they'd let Phil Foden go. There wouldn't be a hope. But they know enough about Cole Palmer here. Like do Chelsea know what they're actually getting here? Apart from, again, this this recent run he's had. He's young. He's he's played for City. So, so ergo, spend that money. Like 45 million is colossal yeah. for a guy with so few senior appearances. I can't get my head around this. Is this more bullyism? Is this what we're looking at here? He's heard the name. He's seen that he's starting for Manchester City. Manchester City are the best team in, in, in the world. You're reigning European champions. He scored a few goals. Two plus two. Let's get him. I, 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 I'm, well, I'm baffled. I'll say this. I'm baffled by this. Their, their recent track record like what you're what you're laying out there there's no reason to to give them the benefit of the doubt like with with how they've gone about business lately so i what you've laid out is kind of how it feels now maybe things are different and maybe they do see something and see the way he, maybe potch wants him he thinks he fits what he wants to do i don't know but until i see that i kind of all i know is how they've conducted themselves over the last year plus in the transfer market and this has a this smells a little bit like that in, in some ways. Yeah. And again, Fla- flavor of the month, let's go crazy. Yeah, I just I saw it, Andrew, and I just thought 45 million. Yeah. That's that's absolutely like you're you're paying for this guy uh 10 million more than Liverpool played for a World Cup winning player in uh, Alexis McAllister and I know that like there is a value there is a premium on youth as well but that's usually youth that is you know you absolutely know because they have a body of work that you can go to that this player is, is worth it and we don't have that with Cole Palmer no. that doesn't mean he won't be good but it's, it's a gamble it's a huge gamble yeah no, I'm with you 
Uh, let's see. We're going to give the wheel one more spin, JJ. But before we do, I want to remind everybody, of course, one of our favorite things about this podcast, that support for this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. That's right. The best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the performance package. So join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code CAUGHTOFFSIDE at manscaped.com. This fantastic product, which makes this male grooming process so easy, cleanup so easy, um, a process that- You look forward to it, Andrew. You you, you look forward to it. And I've never said that before about attacking my, my downstairs region. It's just uh, it's a it's a part of something that a lot of guys like to do that without this product can be clunky and cumbersome and difficult. And that's just not an area that you want those things to be happening. You want this to be a smooth process, no pun intended. Um, And that's exactly what Manscaped allows to have happen with the with this new performance package. Um, It's it's fantastic. You and I were uh, we both have it and, and we can't speak highly enough of it. And how easy the whole process is. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code caught offside at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code caught offside. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, let's uh let's go one final, one final spin here of the old wheel. Oh, it's a mailbag wild card. Well, right. this is a new, I didn't sign off on any of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things, you know, how like on wheel of fortune, you know, sometimes there's like a, a random thing where they don't, there's like an envelope on there. They don't, oh, I don't know yes. what's in this. So nope. this is, a, so this one, we have the a mailbag wild card where there's a, a, an envelope on here with somebody's mail that's recently come into the show and it, it's a chance for us to read it. Um, let's see, let's open it up here. Uh oh, it's uh it's an animal. It comes from El Gringo twenty two. Uh, he writes in on the uh, the caught offside Reddit page. He writes, "I know the pod doesn't really focus on La Liga. Is that true? Yeah, I guess that's kind of true. Um, but I was hoping to hear about a sixteen year old Lamine Yamal bossing it against Virial and taking home man of the match in a game with Lewandowski, Frankie De Jong, Gundogan, and Ter Stegen. Andrew and JJ, uh, I know you guys come in here and look at the comments every now and then, which is true." Um, we do. P- please have Monitor. a look at Lamine's highlights if you get a chance. He started the last two matches for Barcelona and has been our most dangerous attacking player both times. The kid turned 16 in July and is making a case to bench Rafinha once he's back from his suspension. JJ, this performance, I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but this performance from Lamine Yamal was, I can't believe it. I mean, it's, I don't want, mm. you, don't, you don't want to, you don't want to get ahead of yourself. That's not fair to to the club, to him especially. But like you're watching a 16 year old, yes, 16 year old do the things that he's doing, not just for some club in some league. He's doing it at Barcelona in La Liga against a decent La Liga side. Like it's not like he's he's not doing this in some, you know, in in some lower level league where he's just clearly like the guys like he just like the guys around him. It's Lewandowski. It's like legends of the game, and and a 16 year old is the one who you can't take your eyes off of. I'm telling you, like there were moments the way he, he had one where he kind of dribbled into the box, sort of flicked it up in the air to himself, took a bit of a deflection, but then was able to recover. I it, saw uh, that one too. 
I mean, like, you know, he's dribbling in, has one that's narrowly saved and tipped onto the post. Later on, he gets into the box, smashes one off the crossbar. The passes he makes, little chip over the top passes that are just deadly accurate, had an assist. I mean, you're watching a 16 year old do this at Barcelona, and you feel like you're kind of, you're looking into the future a little bit. And if you're a Barcelona fan and you see a 16 year old doing that, and you've seen what Pedri's done and Gavi, you know, you start to think again, like I know you kind of, you've always fashioned yourself, I think as like a football romantic Mm -hmm. Uh, for me, there's something, you know, for whatever negativity there can be sometimes around Barcelona and the way they've done some of their business and, and, and that to me, there is something romantic in this sport about Masia products, Barcelona youth products coming through and, and playing like this for the senior team. Like, I think that's just like the way that their youth system is held up. It's cool to me when you, when you see more of those guys come through rather than these gigantic clubs, always just leaning on the transfer market. We're going to outspend everybody. I like seeing Barcelona use their Academy the way that they do. And you see those three guys and now a 16 year old in particular, I mean, the future, like you got to feel like that future is, is really bright there. If they, if they can afford to keep these guys that, you know, with their financial issues, that could become present a problem at some point. But right now, watching him do that, oh, oh my goodness, what a what a prospect he is! Yeah, I I thought the thing for me about him was like there was a there was a supercut of his of his touches on um someone embedded it on a, a defector article about about his debut and you know he was getting high praise but a lot of the time when he'd get the ball he'd take a touch he'd see something wasn't on and he'd play it back he'd maintain possession of the ball which is very Barcelona uh, he wasn't dribbling for the sake of it I always think of Ronaldo's debut for Manchester United against Bolton where at every opportunity he would do 7,000 step overs and go around the Bolton player and often sometimes unnecessary, but but he was out there. He was he wanted to say, Here I am. But but um but uh the menial mal was just more kind of subtle. Mature um, for a sixteen mature, year old. Mature with the things he did. And like he, he wasn't afraid to play it safe. Um like obviously hitting the crossbar, hitting the post, and then Lewandowski following up, you know, those are the things that stand out. But one thing for me was uh, on the first goal, uh, his cross. So his big thing is to uh, you know, he'd play on the right and come in on his left. He cuts back onto his left. Did you see the way he crossed the ball for the first goal, Andrew? Yeah. Like, it, I, and I have seen him before from other players, but I haven't seen it from a 16-year-old, and I haven't seen it. There was hardly any backlift. He just kind of clipped it, and he didn't just, it didn't just go a little distance. It went like 20 yards, 25 yards to the back post. Like, like it was really, really technically proficient. Um. Yeah. Look, if I'm a Barca fan, I am. I'm absolutely very excited about him, and you just hope the club that it isn't in, you know, the club is in a better, uh, standing or can get to a better place where we can see this player play for this academy product, play for them, and 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 be happy and be in the Champions League, and you know, be at the cutting edge of European football, because I think that's where Barca deserve to be. And that's where we like them to be. Um, my concern would be that they're not there anymore and that they've dug themselves such a, a trench that it will be quite likely at some point that this kid ends up maybe at Newcastle or Manchester City. Or, oh, my God. Yeah, heaven forbid. Well, if that's not the case, you kind of can look down the road a little bit 
and and envision some really fun Barcelona Real Madrid matchups at the top of that league because with these guys getting you know into their primes although I mean Yamal is still like eight years away from his prime um but like and then like we assume Mbappe will be at Real Madrid a year from now um so we'll we'll you know watching these teams kind of re maybe they hit like a little bit not a not a lull but like a post Ronaldo Real Madrid uh, they won a Champions League with Benzema um but you know, post Messi Barcelona, there was kind of some feeling out periods there of what will the future of these clubs look like. Um, but I think you know, in the coming years, I think these two could could find themselves right easily right back on the top of the mountain as long as they, you know, as long as Barcelona mainly gets their finances in order and is able to keep these guys and also add some other great players along with it. Um, JJ, I think that's it for the wheel. Well, I thought that was a good wheel, Andrew. I thought it was. Uh... It was diverse, a diverse wheel. Yeah, that's what you like—a a carabao wheel, uh, astronomy. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot went on. Yeah, it was good. It was a good wheel. I, I, I do think you need to. You, you got to get the intro back. All right, relax. You make it. You know that you are the talent when it comes to crafting and fashioning audio. You know it. Yeah. Asking a... me to make it is just hoping I fail and knowing I'll fail. You know who you are right now? It's uh, the episode of The Office where Ryan, um, he talks about how he, he can't clean the coffee mugs because he'll, oh, I'll just, no, 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 Pam, you you got to do that. You're so good at it. I'll, I'll, I'll find a way to screw it up. But Ryan, it's just cleaning a mug. No, if anyone could screw it up, I could. It's, that's got to be you, Pam. You you handle it. <laughs> oh, no, uh, trust me. I, I would just make it worse. How would wiping it with a paper towel make it I, worse? I would find a way. <laughs> You've I, seen things clean before, though, right? I, Pam, I'm hopeless to that stuff. I, I, uh... That's what you're doing to me right now. You think that you're giving me these compliments, but these aren't compliments. This is just your way of, of weaseling out of responsibility. That's not true. You have the skills to put together a great audio bed. And I, 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 I really, I, I, plus it would take me, it might take me a month to do what you do in an afternoon. That's the fact. All right, let's go ahead. We'll put the wheel away back into the closet. It goes, we'll take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we got a little bit of a treat for you. JJ, you had a chance uh, to, to sit down for an interview that I think people are really going to, uh, really going to enjoy. So we'll come back in just a moment and uh, you'll tell us what it was about. And we'll, we'll give you some of that. So more caught offside. Still to come. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else custom spray five and one only from rustoleum burrow's furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating they always have their customers in mind their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you and with burrow you always get fast free shipping Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
Andrew, earlier in the summer, I got to see a film, a short film uh, called Mighty Penguins at the Tribeca Film Festival. Now, you may remember the director, uh, Louis Miles. We had him on the show. He was the director of Kaiser, which was the Mm. film about the Brazilian footballer who carved out a heck of a career in football in Brazil without actually doing anything. Yeah. Um, uh, which was amazing. He he played as little as he could uh, play. And um, yeah, he had a, a storied career uh, and was a face in Brazilian football. Uh, well, Louis did a documentary called Mighty Penguins. It's a little, it's a short film, really. Um, and I saw it a few days before um, the birth of my daughter. And I was absolutely bowled over by it. It's about... Uh, Alan Cockrum, who is a former Spurs player and who went, was sold then to Brentford uh, and played for them. And he was this flamboyant, amazing footballer. But he started a football club, uh, a football team rather, called the Mighty Penguins for Brentford. And it's a team uh, composed of Down Syndrome players, uh, Down Syndrome kids who want to play the game. And he holds these coaching sessions. And it's just the most beautiful uh, 30, 35 minutes or whatever it is uh, that I've seen. And I was so emotional watching it. And it's in conversations with the kids' parents, conversations with Alan, uh, and how much this kind of, this community of football that they've created, this coming together that they have every week means to, to these kids and the way it, actually changes their lives. And that's such such a corny, corny thing to say about the power of sport to change your lives. And like for these kids, it it has actual not just physical health, but actual mental and social uh impacts on their lives. And it's it's absolutely amazing. So I had a, a chance to talk to Star of the Show, former um Brentford striker Alan Cockrum, uh at Tribeca a few months ago, so um, we'll have uh, just a little listen to what he had to say about uh, about the experience of 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 starting a Down syndrome football team. Uh, Alan, how does one end up deciding to make a or put together a Down syndrome soccer team when you're in the pub? The pub uh, is known as the Star Wars pub, and I always go there for inspiration. Taking the lads there for a cheeky Guinness, and yeah, if you went there, you'd understand. Um, but the whole process started when I was a cab driver retiring from football. Yeah, yeah. I used to pick up yeah. DS kids. And one one kid, Phil, would sit in front of the car and we'd dance to house music. Got friendly with him, used to play football with him. And unfortunately, he passed away of complications associated with DS. So I swore that day that one day uh, I would form my own football team, not knowing what I was doing really. Uh, and fast forward, it was 20 years, it was still in my head, and 20 years when I'd kind of finished doing what I wanted to do, I had the moment to go to the pub and, and come up with the Brentford Penguins. So it stuck with you for 20 years? So it's, it, yeah, I mean, DS just st- stays with you. Um, the kids have, no matter whether it's a brief, a fleeting visit, or you've known them for a long time, you never forget them. So you, And it wasn't just Phil, I had a, I had a um, car full of them. So it just stayed with me, and I just thought, no, I want to, I want something I want to look at. I felt a deep connection there and then, and now, yeah, they're just the best thing I've ever done by far. You know, people talk about uh, empathy and how empathetic Down syndrome people are. 
uh, there's a lot given to you. As much as you give them as a coach, they seem to give a lot to you back, and, and that comes out in the film. Yeah, and certainly mentioning the film through COVID when it's taken away from you, that's when you analyse everything, and that's when I realised exactly what you just said, JJ, that, yeah, I miss them, and they give as much to me as I, as I do to them. Is there, is there an element, and I'm going a bit deeper here now, you as a footballer, you were a kind of a performer when you played as a professional, and I'm, I'm sure you got a lot of feedback from the crowd, you know, when you do a trick, when you think the goalkeeper, like we saw in the footage. Um, is, there, is there a point to it like, where you actually need that, that kind of connection with people, that kind of love, whether it be from the stands or now from these kids? That's really good. Oh, great question, mate. Um, yeah, I suppose so. I don't, I don't think of it that way, but now you've said it to me. I don't. Maybe if I put it this way, I, I, I'm always jerking a reaction. So whether I'm the chipping the keeper or wiggling my bum or whatever that may be, I'm, I'm jerking a reaction out of out of people to see what that what that happens. I think I think I've got a natural empathy with people, and I think when you're an individual, sometimes rather than a team player, you're looking for that. The, that little nugget of gold that the that the average footballer doesn't look for. So within the kids, I just saw this individualism that I had. So that's that's the word I think. I see an in, a individualism in all of them that I empathise with, and then their individualism needs to be treated kind of how I was as well as a footballer. If that makes sense. Yes. Wow, that's that was fantastic. It sounds. I have not had a chance to see it yet myself. Um, well, I got sent a screener and then I, I got to see it at Tribeca. So I think what they're looking, it's uh, it's going to be distributed in some fashion by Meadowlark Media. So very few people have, have had the chance to see it, but I really, I can't wait till it finds a home where people can see it because yeah. it's it's so uplifting. Um, it's very emotional when, when the parents, uh, just talking about coming to terms with the fact that the realization that their child is going to be, you know, profoundly different. And then kind of making their peace with that and, 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 and the great love that they have for their kids. That's the, that's the amazing thing. Um, and, and not seeing, not seeing Down syndrome as a deficiency, but rather seeing the personality of the child come shining through and, and the way that football really allows these kids to, to socialize and to be seen for what they are, which is important like any of us um important and and they have feelings and 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 ambitions and loves and and things they want to do and football is is the thing that brings brings that all out and alan himself and his personality too so yeah i uh it bowled me over i was looking for an opportunity to get it into the podcast um, and with a busy summer and things uh it kind of fell by the wayside a little bit but well i'm glad you i'm glad we did because it's uh, it really was it's a beautiful story. I mean, honestly, I am I'm excited to see it, and it's such a nice thing. And if you are cynical cool. about football, it it may help you. And I am cynical about football, so it was yeah. um it was nice to see. Yeah, would have been cool if you brought a microphone, but you know, one step did, at a time. Did bring a microphone. Um, brought uh brought lapel mics. Was set up and uh everything, and um at the theater. Uh, I said, uh, listen, guys, we'll just use the empty theater after everyone had left. We saw a few. We saw a number of documentaries, actually, uh, under the Meadowlark Media umbrella. And uh, I say documentaries, short films. Mm. And uh, I, I said, we'll just record in here. And we, we, were, we were told, no, 
So we ended up doing it in the lobby. So I apologize for for any sound well, efficiency. Did, did they there. take the lapel mics and and smash them into thousands of pieces too? No, no, they didn't, Andrew. There's there's actually nothing wrong with the lapel mics. Um, oh. You know, as you know, I've I've loaned them to you on occasion, but um, it's d- disappointing that you'd finish an uplifting story on this on this angle. But uh, there we are. That is who you are. A, a <laughs> deeply, deeply damaged man. Um, well, our, our, honestly, our thanks to you for for sitting down and doing that interview because it sounds like a great story. One yeah. other film I did see that I should mention, <laughs> which was the first film that they showed in, in the series of, of short films, was about a professional football club in uh, Ukraine where players, like the entire, the team just suddenly became a unit of the army when Russia invaded. Now that one was another kind of, imagine you're playing in the lower reaches of the Ukrainian leagues. You're thinking about football and the next thing, oh, you're going to war. Uh, and, and another kind of amazing film. But hmm. there we go. Jeez. Uh, well, good stuff. Good stuff. Before we get out tonight, um, as we're recording, it's it's an MLS night. Um, which of course means Messi's in action. Um, I have nothing to say about his match. It ended nil-nil uh, against Nashville SC in a uh, League's Cup final rematch. He almost scored to win the game in the 96th minute or sixth or seventh minute of stoppage time. That would have been maybe his best goal yet, but it was it was a, a great save to prevent that from happening. Uh, the game I was won't surprise you to hear this, but the game I was most interested in was um, Toronto FC and the Philadelphia Union, not because of my union. But because I guess this is the beginning of a of a brave new world for Toronto FC uh, as John Herdman. Now, he was there. He wasn't managing them. He was in a suite in the stadium. So I guess it kind of counts as the start of his uh, his reign over that club. And they win it. They win, JJ, for the first time since May 27th. That's right. It's August 31st. Toronto had not won since May 27th. JJ, when they scored, um, when Lorenzo Lorenzo Insigne scored in the 23rd minute of this game to give Toronto FC a 1-0 lead, that was their first lead in a match since June 24th. Oh, my God. Again, it's they August 31st. Truly pathetic. But what, like, what a great start for Herdman. Yeah, you know? 3-1. 3-1, they win it. Uh, the Union came back. Uh, Julian Carranza scored right before halftime to tie it, but then the uh, Toronto FC got two more, DeAndre Kerr and Jonathan Osorio, with goals in the second half. Big win. Well, I, I mean, I say big win. It, it's big in the sense that, like, morale needs it. I don't know what they're going to get out of this season. No. Um, I, but it's, I mean, it's, it's the way you want to start under a new manager. Absolutely. And uh, your Italian superstar scoring the opener is no harm. Either because there's all questions being asked about about the sense in uh in paying all that money for those players. Yeah. Um and that one other match that caught my eye uh as we were recording here, trying to keep tabs of, of multiple things at once. Um Atlanta United FC took a a lead over FC Cincinnati. Um and Cincinnati I mean they continue to impress, showing me something. Two late goals, one from, I mean, who else? Luciano Acosta scores in the 75th. Brandon Vasquez then with the winner in the 80th. And that's a nice that's a nice win there. And with that, Cincinnati clinch uh, a playoff spot with that win uh, over Atlanta. So they are, I mean, no surprise. We knew they were getting in, but tonight they make it official. And I think that they have, they have their eye on far bigger prizes than just clinching 
a playoff spot. We'll see how the season ends for them, but they believe that they should they believe that they should be playing a long time, uh, that their season is nowhere near done yet, and they're they're right to think that. Good win for them. Anything else from you tonight? No, I think I'm spent, Andrew. I'm 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 the the moonbeams are drawing my brain towards the roof. So what's the deal with this moon? It's 30 somebody was telling me it's like 30% closer. Shouldn't that be like wreaking havocs on the on tides and things? Like how's the Yeah, that's what I thought. That's absolutely what I thought. Um I mean 30% is a, it, I can't I can't be right. I'm completely talking out of my ass right now. I have no I'm only telling you what someone said to me. I'm looking at NASA solar uh, solar system exploration article. Um, I'm not seeing thirty <laughs> percent. I mean, that, we could almost touch it. Uh, in many traditional lunar lunar solar and lunar calendars, the full moon uh, the full moons fall near the middle of the lunar month. The full moon is in the middle of the seventh month of the Chinese calendar, Safar in the Islamic calendar, and Elul in the Hebrew calendar. Elul is a time of preparation for the high holy days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. But, but I, this isn't what I'm How looking for. How did you for. not know any about? You, I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is not, I'm looking for, I'm, I need, where's the moon now? <laughs> Where is the moon? Now? Like, it, like, I'm, I, it's not telling me, it's not telling me that it's going to be closer. Well, um, this is where the animals tend to thrive when we're yeah. making the when we're making the biggest fools of ourselves and our limited knowledge of things. I know that there are the plenty moon's of animals. not getting closer. <laughs> it's moving. It's in a, it's it's much closer. You can tell this is in Bruce Almighty where he wants to make <laughs> we must make the most amazing uh, moonscape for his romantic interlude with Jennifer Aniston, and he just drags it in. <laughs> It's where is the I want to know where the moon is now. Is how uh, that's another belter of a line from you. Absolutely amazing. It's as good as uh on, on this week's other pod, but Abe didn't make it home. Well, I mean you were saying ridiculous things. <laughs> At any rate, yeah, animals help us out here. Um, yeah, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. And also, Andrew, like own up on your Judaism here. You you knew nothing about the importance of the moon for the coming uh, high holidays. No clue. I didn't have even even the slightest. What would you say about Andrew Gundling? He's uh, he's Jewish. Yeah, yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, it's accurate. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, did uh, not know that. Yeah, the solar system, space is uh it's it's the final frontier, as they say. Okay, stop. We're losing it here. Come on. All right. Hey, let's get out. I enjoyed this so much. I always do. Feel free to rate and review if you enjoyed it as well. I beg of you five stars, despite whatever we're spewing at the end of this podcast, whatever nonsense. Uh, JJ, this was fun, as it always is. To you, I say 30%. I'll see you. Bye. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 